get a one personal space, two personal space, three. Hey, hello, listeners. This is just a quick disclaimer for this week's episode. As anyone that's listened to the show before knows, uh, there can be some adult language, and anyone that's listening for the first time, please keep that in mind. Uh, we tend to be ourselves and not filter, so occasionally a bad word might come out. If you have any children in the room, please put on some headphones or have them put on some headphones. Thank you. That I don't even care about this. I'm not even interested in having this skin on my personal space. You're listening to the IDP Guys with Sean, John, and Nathan, the Wizards of Fantasy Football. Your go-to source for the individual defensive player strategy. And now, three guys who could only make an NFL team on Madden. All right, welcome to the IDP, guys. This is episode 83, and my name is Nathan. I'm joined today with my great co-hosts, Johnny. Hey! And Sean. How's it going, guys? Going pretty well. Uh, so want to make a major announcement, uh, kind of uh, welcoming Tyler Gee back to into the family. He's taken on a position uh, with us as uh, the VP of operations, kind of uh, second in charge, helping us uh, really expand the brand and uh, expand everything. Uh, he, if you have paid attention, listened, uh, he was the um, creator uh, co-creator of the F3 podcast, which uh, now Sean is uh, a host for. Um, and I'm really, really good at it. <laughs> so good. Uh, <laughs> so that's sarcasm, but it's, it's good. Yeah, I, I think they got it. Um, so a few months ago, Tyler kind of retired from that, went to DLF um, and he's, he's on it. He's, he's come back and is uh, together. We're going to, make this an even bigger brand, greater stuff coming. Um, so keep a lookout and just wanted to congratulate Tyler. Um, he's also got a new podcast, uh, Vital Information with Tyler Gee, that is going to be coming out weekly, 15-minute uh, episodes that will just be a deep dive into a player uh, or a topic uh, in a like data and math format. Um, so keep a, a ear out for that. It's hitting iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play um, as soon as they're approved. It's it's all out there. Uh, he's got his first step, his kind of introductory episode out there. And uh, the first episode will be coming in the coming weeks when once we get the uh, intro music and stuff nailed down. So look for that vital information, vital fantasy football information with Tyler Gee. Um, also. Uh, keep a lookout. We're going to have live streams coming back on Sunday mornings. Uh, we're getting close to the football season, and we just want to start getting into the habit and getting that stuff out there so that you know where to go for your start-sit information uh, on Sunday mornings uh, on, at 11 o'clock. Uh, that'll be coming in the coming weeks. Uh, but with that, let's launch into our question. Uh, what's one team that makes it to the playoffs that didn't last year? And another team that did make it that won't this season. I thought for sure you were going to screw that up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sean, why don't, you go, why don't you go first, Nate? 
Yeah. Okay. okay. You want me to go first on this one? Yeah, so I want to yeah. hear your your bad take before we give our good takes. So it's a terrible <laughs> take, and I'm I'm going head first into this one. Uh, it's gonna rose, be the lions. Rose colored glasses on. Lions make it. Bears do not. Ooh. Do you think they win a division or sneak in with a wild card? Oh, uh, wild card. Come on, I'm not that. <laughs> those those rose colored glasses aren't that tinted. You. Picked sixteen and zero last year. They're that <laughs> tempted. Yeah. Well, let's just put it in perspective. Uh, if sixteen and zero was last year, and I'm calling wild card now, how bad are they? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. They're not. They're not great. Um, so yeah, I don't agree with that at all. But whatever. Um, I think sticking with the NFC North, I think the Packers are in next year. Um, I don't know. They're they're getting better as a team, even though Aaron Rodgers is kind of not the same as what he used to be. At least he doesn't seem to be the same as what he used to be. They're still a really good team. Um, I think some of the dysfunction is probably out of the locker room now that the marriage between McCarthy and Rodgers is over. Um, and then I think the Ravens are out. Uh, I don't think they were good enough to make it last year. I think they kind of stumbled their way in. Um We'll see what happens this year. Maybe Lamar Jackson takes a huge step forward, but I think as a team, they're going to struggle more next year to get in than they did this year. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that last one there. Um, I mean, a lot of that was the Steelers kind of coming apart at the end of the year, and I've got them coming in this year. Uh, I feel like with both uh, kind of locker room cancers out, uh, that they're going to be a much better team overall this year. So I got them in. Uh, I think the Vikings and the Packers both have a chance to get in, um, which is unfortunate for my Cowboys because that's one less wild card. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, and, uh, you know, someone that was in that'll be out, uh, I could see definitely the Ravens, like Sean was saying. Uh, Bears for sure. Uh, I mean, they've got a great defense, but that offense is kind of shaky. Uh, and Eagles also. I feel like without long pole foals there, uh, they're just uh, a Carson Wentz injury away from being screwed, you know, without that great backup, they're, they're not going to be as good this year. And this, this question came from every year, this, you know, this is like one of those stats you hear every year. There's like a bunch of teams that make it that didn't the year before and vice versa. So I figured we'd talk about this real quick. Um, Sean, what's your take on the Vikings? I mean, they're, they gotta be good enough to get like a wild card, right? Yeah. I think the Vikings really were hurt by losing Shermer. And then they didn't have a proper replacement for him. I think they'll be better this year, though. I think last year the offense was just a train wreck, and I don't expect that to continue. Yeah. Okay. This week's news. All righty. Decent amount of news this week. Uh, First, we'd like to start by congratulating the United States women on their World Cup win. Mm-hmm. Congrats, women, and thank you for the money. Mm-hmm. Appreciate that. Congrats to your, uh, your wallet. Yeah, yeah. I'm telling you, man, those future bets, sometimes they work out, and this is one of those times. Um, we'll start off, though, with uh, some normal off-season shenanigans. Kareem Hunt involved in either a bar fight or a, a disagreement. Uh, it's been characterized as a, an argument. Um, or a bar fight, depending on where you read it. Um, but he was spoken to by the police. He was not arrested, but he's been summoned by Mr. Goodell. Uh, what, is, what do you guys think about this? 
man, he's got the opportunity to make millions and millions of dollars. Just stay. I mean, he's underdid, underwent anger management and alcohol training, basically. I, I guess I, he, I think he was supposed to. I don't know if he did or not, but he, he was supposed to do that. And he's getting in an argument at a bar. It's like, right. just stay away from the bar, dude. Like, if you just don't go to the bar, you make millions of dollars. You just got to not go to the bar. So regardless of whether he did anything or not, this is just poor decision making. And I, it just... I don't have faith that he's going to be able to just turn everything around and suddenly be a good decision maker. So this definitely like if he gets out of this unscathed, I am selling Kareem Hunt because I just don't trust it. It's the same thing with Tyree Kill. It's like I just these are things where I don't trust them to either A, be a good person or B, not and put themselves in bad situations. Yeah. I mean, from an optics standpoint, like how many chances does he get? You know, he obviously had that first major uh, issue that, you know, lost him a spot on a team uh, on the on the Chiefs there. And, you know, he's gotten that second chance in Cleveland, which is, you know. It's something, um, but even whether or not this happened, this didn't happen, it, it's come up and it's, you know, enough to catch the attention of the commissioner. Um, you know, how much, how, how many more chances does he get? And then as a fantasy owner, how, you know, how tight is your butthole on that one? <laughs> well, none of us have tight buttholes around here. True. Uh, maybe Sean. I don't know. <laughs> Mine's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I don't know what you guys, I, I don't know what you guys are doing, but mine's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's like running backs are just replaceable, man. So like, there, he's going to get less leeway from his team than if he were a quarterback. And like as shitty as that is, in term, from like a human perspective, the fact is is that he does a job that mm-hmm. is replaceable, whereas quarterbacks really don't. So he's going to get a shorter leash than other positions from a team perspective, just because they know, like, hey, we can just let him go and probably find somebody else. And like, if you're the Browns, you have Nick Chubb, you have right. Duke Ooh. Johnson, like right. you got, you, you don't need Kareem Hunt. So I don't know. I'm not saying they're going to cut him. I'm not saying that he's guilty of anything, but it's definitely something where I just am not interested in him as a fantasy asset because he is replaceable. And like, if I can get somebody else to pay for him, then I'll definitely take that. Yeah. I got my first Chubb share in dynasty uh, last week, right before this happened. That yeah. was your first Chubb? That was my first chub. Yep. And, uh, this happened. What'd you have to give up? Oh man. It was one of the, me and dignity. No, it was me and Tyler. So we trade Mm. so much. I can't even remember. Oh my God. Like it asked Nate, like there's only three people that trade in the whole league. Basically it's me, Tyler (sighs) and one other guy. Yeah. I mean, I've had a few trades too, and I think I've only traded with you and Tyler. Right. Um, Right. That's that's one of the things I love about sleeper bot though, is that like, the chat stays active on there because the chat is the homepage. Mm. So there's a lot, there's so much more communication in sleeper bot leagues than other leagues where like, you may not know who these people are, but you're still talking to them on a regular basis. Whereas like a lot of other platforms and websites, you're, they're just kind of anonymous and you have to hope that they're going to want to communicate with you rather than like, you have to listen to me. 
Yeah, our chat for that league is pretty uh, pretty good. Uh, we do it off of Voxer, so um, there's always some interaction going on. And uh, I, there's a few people that I think are out of the country that just check in here and there, but there's a solid core of our league that's um, very active. Mm. Yeah, no, I was happy with that, though. Um, the, the more trouble he gets in, the better for me. Mm. Uh, so I'm all right with Jesus. that. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of off-season shenanigans and trouble, Zeke met with Roger Goodell about the Vegas incident, and there will be no suspension. Oh, I bet you're <laughs> relieved. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> that's one way of putting it. Uh, he had to put out an apology statement uh, afterwards, but if if that's uh, what he had to do to skate away with this, fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no problem. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't a egregious incident or anything but it is still something where it's just like stop putting yourself in bad situations mm-hmm. man like like what are you doing hammered at what three, two three, three in, in the morning, morning at a three in the morning concert. yeah yeah like what are you doing dude just don't do that yep. like i and i get that like yeah everybody else is afforded the luxury like we could go to a music festival and be hammered at three in the morning and do that but also like if somebody told me I'll pay you a hundred million dollars to not do that and be like, done, let's go. Yep. So my question here is how many beers does it take to get an Ewok drunk? <laughs> oh man. Um, I say it takes two beers and it takes about 45 angry orchards. <laughs> oh, shots fired. <laughs> shots fired. Ooh. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. So Zeke got away with it. That's great. Uh, there was a bunch of really shitty news that happened earlier this week. There was the Kendrick Norton of Miami had his arm amputated after a car accident. That's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then there was Jared Lorenzen uh, passed away. That also sucked. Um, Do we have any non-depressing news to talk about? This is just like brutal. Uh, the rest is pretty depressing. Uh, Teddy Bruschi had a stroke also. Mm. <laughs> My God. Pile it on there, John. Yeah. Um, Randy Gregory did file for reinstatement for his marijuana issue. Um, I'm all right with that. I mean, you smoked a little pot. So what? Like, yeah. I feel like that's not all he did, though. Didn't Did he have other issues, too? No, that's the other guy. Um, the one that became a UFC fighter, I think. I think that's who you're thinking of. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. All all the Cowboys, especially in the offseason, who the hell knows. Um, mm-hmm. But that'd be nice. You know, if he does get reinstated, even if it is some kind of four, eight game ban or whatever, get him back for the second half of the season. I'm A-OK with that. Uh, one last piece of news here. Any of you guys see any pictures of Gronk recently? <laughs> yes. No. Yes, I have. Yeah. Um, what's going on? <laughs> I'm looking it up right now. What am I? What am I looking for? Just, just a recent picture. So of he's claimed to be at 150 pounds. I think he said, and he said he played at 160. No, 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 no wait. No, no. Or I'm thinking 200. Under 160 that didn't make, pounds. That didn't work. <laughs> Not even close. The math didn't work. But I saw something where he's saying he's only 10 pounds lighter than That's he's playing with. Gotta be bullshit. And it's like you see a picture of him, and it looks like he's got like incredible shrinking man syndrome. Um, yeah, and his head still looks the same size. Right, yeah. right. But I mean, I think this is uh, consistent. What happens with players in retirement, though, 
you look at some of those offensive linemen and they shrink down after they're, you know, off their high protein diet and their, you know, everyday uh, muscle building, uh, you know, workout sessions and all that stuff that, you know, you kind yeah, of, but that's after years. True. This is this true. Is, this is a few weeks, a couple months. And he looks like he, he looks like he stopped taking PEDs. That's what it looks like. So what we're saying is, is that he's not coming back. this year. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Not like that. He'd get fucking annihilated yeah. at that size. Yeah. Maybe they just haven't taken pictures of him, uh, in the off season. <laughs> No, Jesus. Like, I don't know. This is, no, this is weird. It's weird. It is weird, right? I mean, so people have been saying that it's either, there are a few things, and they're all pretty much bad. Either he's partying too much, and mm. that's that's way too much partying, yeah. or he stopped taking PEDs, or he's got, like, an eating disorder. <laughs> all three are not, not ideal. I don't know. I guess I have no medical background obviously. So I, I can't speak to this, but I'm trying to think about like what he was having to eat on a daily basis to maintain that weight. And he muscle. was part of that TB 12 nonsense too. Yeah. Yeah. I just like, if suddenly he just went to a normal diet and stopped working out, like I wonder, wonder how fast like that muscle would just disappear. Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, it's definitely shady Apparently, though. Like two weeks. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it doesn't look like he's coming back. Not like that. So mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, that's about it. Gut check. All right, now it's the part of the show where we pair up two sets of defenders and one set of offensive players and talk about them compared to each other. We look at who we'd be starting on our roster or drafting. Uh, then we send that out to you guys in Twitter land, see what you think, and discuss it the week after. So let's look at last week's gut checks. Um, starting off, we've got a pair of safeties. Uh, I believe these are all top picks. I don't know. Yeah, I think it was the top two or something in yeah, ADP. that John picked up. So we've got uh, Buda Baker and John Johnson the third. Uh, Arizona so and, not the top two, but no, that is up there. Yeah, yeah. It's more, more just ones, S ones, safety gotcha, ones. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. So Rams in Arizona, uh, safeties there, uh, with 147 votes, 53 percent went Buda Baker. Hmm. Yeah, I love Buda Baker. I'm a little unsure how he's going to be used in the defense this year. So, um, I don't know. I think Buda Baker's a far better player and I like him more as a player IDP wise. Um, I think there's just a little more questionable. There's a few more questionable aspects of his production this year. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a pair of defensive ends, Minnesota's Daniil Hunter and Cleveland's miles Garrett, uh, 176 votes, 61% Hunter. Interesting. I don't, I don't remember who I went, but I think I went Garrett, and you I did. feel pretty good yeah. about that. We both did. Yeah, I went Hunter. I mean, yeah, and I think like you're happy with either of them. They're both mm-hmm. young, really good players. I just, for me, like Hunter kind of lulled for a while before he finally like really broke out. Whereas Garrett has been a stud since he started. He's just it's health. Mm. Right. Yeah. Uh, so on the offensive side, we got a pair of tight ends. 
uh, Atlanta's Austin Hooper versus the Giants' Evan Ingram. 141 votes, 71% went Ingram. Yeah, that's not a surprise. Yeah. All right, Johnny, you want to take us to this week's? All righty. Um, you know, it's it's a day that ends with Y. So there's Chris Godwin hype. Um, so that's the first one we're going to talk about. Uh, Calvin Ridley of the Falcons versus Chris Godwin of the Bucks. Lash, these are both, uh, what, second and third year receivers, something like that. Well, Ridley's second year. Uh, mm-hmm. Godwin, third year, Sean? Um, yes. All righty. So this is interesting. They both played in 16 games but started five games each last year. Mm. Ridley had 64 receptions for 821 yards, 10 touchdowns, 27 rushing yards, two fumbles, one of those lost. Godwin had 59 receptions, 842 yards, seven touchdowns, four fumbles, one lost. Uh, I think I want Godwin, um, to be honest. Not by much, um, and I'm happy with either. But um, I don't really have any scientific explanation for this. Hmm. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, this is tough because these were these were two of my guys coming out of college. Where Ridley was somebody that you know that m- not all of, but most of the analytics community just hated him because of his age and all that stuff, uh, and just college production at Alabama. I always loved its tape. Um, and Godwin was one that I had graded as a second rounder and I was super thrilled with him. He put up his, his, uh, game against USC. was just phenomenal. And I think it was the Rose bowl or something. It was one of the more fun games to watch, but so I love both of them. Um, I think for me, I'm going to go Ridley, uh, just because you very rarely see, rookie wide receivers play the way Ridley did. I think that uh, he's got a decent setup with Matt Ryan over there, as opposed to playing with Winston. And then uh, he's playing across from, I guess he's playing across from Julio and uh, Godwin's playing across from Evans. So that's kind of a wash there, but um, yeah, I think I, I think I like Ridley more here. Mm, Yeah. I, I like Ridley um, for a lot of what Sean said, but also, much of what John said of just a gut <laughs> feeling. Um, not really scientific here, but I had Ridley on my roster last year, kind of got him um, as a flyer, and he did really well for me. So I I like Ridley. And you know what? Julio's going to be, you know, n- maybe not retiring or whatever, but he's going to fade into, mm-hmm. into irrelevance before Mike Evans will. So Ridley's going to be the guy first, you know what I mean? Like, so I might just change my vote (laughs) to be honest with you. All right. We're all, all aboard the Ridley then. Yeah. We like the Ridley. We like the Ridley. All righty. Uh, next one's pair of defensive tackles, both young guys, up and comers, um, should be excellent this year. Uh, first one is Sheldon Rankins of the saints. I believe he's a second year player. Uh, started all 16 games last year, 26 solo tackles, 14 assists, eight sacks, one pass defense, one forced fumble up against Jaron Reed of the Seahawks, who is also a second year player, I think. Uh, or third, maybe third, I think. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, cause I don't remember him in any rookie drafts last year. Yeah. No, he wasn't. Yeah. Okay. So third, uh, he had 34 solo tackles, 16 assists, 10 and a half sacks. That's incredible. Zero pass defense, zero force fumbles. And I, 
don't remember him being at ten and a half sacks. That's actually really surprising to see. That's yeah, no, it's accurate. Wow. Um, I'm happy with either. I think I want Rankins just because I like his defensive line better, so he's going to get less one-on-one attention, double teams, chips, stuff like that. Uh, what do you guys think? That's exactly where I'm going. This is another pair of guys that were two of my favorites at the position coming out. Um, but uh, yeah, I take Rankins just because he has a little more help on the defensive line. Reed just lost Frank Clark, mm-hmm. uh, so I don't know. I I just feel a lot better about the Saints' defensive line and ability to generate pressure this year. Yeah, for sure. I'm going Rankins here. All righty. Uh, last is a pair of older linebackers been in the league a while. Um, both had pretty similar years last year. They were only a couple points apart in the league. I took this from first one is Todd Davis of the Broncos linebacker played and started all 16 games, had a career year with 80 solo tackles, 34 assists, half a sack, seven pass defense, one pick, one touchdown, no forced fumbles against Kiko Alonso, formerly of the Bills, formerly of the Eagles, currently of the Dolphins. Played and started 15 games last year. 79 solo tackles, 46 assists, no sacks, six pass defense, three picks, three forced fumbles, and I think I want Todd Davis for his situation this year. Going forward, they're similar in age, and both could end up in different places or have different things happen around them. I just think with Raekwon up and coming in Miami, plus you got Fitzpatrick there. He, um, and who was the other guy we were talking about? Jerome Baker, was it, last year? Yeah. Yeah, I just feel like there's a lot of up-and-comers in the Miami defense where um, Denver doesn't really have that. They got Josie Jewell mm-hmm. uh, and Simmons at safety, and Von Miller doesn't really make tackles. Uh, I just like Todd Davis's situation better. I like Todd Davis as well. Um, for me, it's more just keeping Kiko healthy. Um, and I just think, I think long-term Kiko may stick around uh, the league longer because I think that he's better name recognition. I think he's probably a better player overall, um, though that's probably debatable. Um, I just think that for me this year, Todd Davis is the guy to have. There, Like he had a great year last year. Not a whole lot has changed for his situation. And, I think he'll probably he'll probably regress a little, but it'll it'll be similar. For sure, I'm I'm feeling Todd Davis here as well. Um, I'm keeping an eye on him for this year. I I like um, like what he did last year and and his opportunity there in Denver. Uh, and like John says, there's a lot of guys coming up in uh, that Miami defense, and I I think Alonzo is going to be. Um, Fading and at least maybe not this year, but by next year. Mm-hmm. So, with that, we're going to uh, do a listener question. We've kind of scaled back this segment for this episode, so we have more time with uh, our interview, Doctor Super Bowl, coming up next. Um, but for those who want to uh, ask us a question, get on air. Uh, you can give us a call and leave a voicemail at three one three nine eight six one four seven three. Um, you can also tweet at us uh, and you can join our subscriber chat. We generally pick a question from there uh, for each episode. So you have an uh, uh, ability to get on the show um, by going to idpguys.org, subscribing a dollar a month, $12 a year. Um, but John's got the question here. What do you got, Johnny? All righty. This is from Fantasy Ray at Fantasy Ray G on Twitter. 
And uh, Ray is one of the guys that I've been talking with since we basically started this site. Um, he's a frequent flyer in the um, advice department and the shooting ideas back and forth department. So solid dude, big fan. Uh, his question is, Dynasty, who do you want out of these guys that are available? Uh, get, get to pick three out of this list here. Uh, there's Demario Davis, Telvin Smith, Bernardrick McKinney, Eric Kendricks, Alec Ogletree, Rashawn Evans, Mason Foster, Tahir Whitehead, Nick Vigil, Raekwon McMillan, and Oren Burks. And Sean, why don't you lead off? I think you missed Rashawn Evans on there at the end, but uh, no, yeah, yeah for also me, Rashawn Evans, right? For me, it's really kind of a five-person race here between Demario Davis, Telvin Smith, Bernardrick McKinney, Eric Kendricks, and Alec Ogletree. Um, I'm going. Demario Davis and Alec Ogletree. Um, and then Talvin Smith's a no-brainer to me. He'll be back, and he's the superior talent of all these guys. So I'm definitely stashing Talvin Smith, um, if you can even call it a stash at this point. Um, other than that, I just think Demario Davis and Alec Ogletree are, have the best combination of opportunity and talent. And talent is going to basically give them longevity. Um, where the opportunity right now is also still there. Uh, although Bernardrick McKinney and Eric Hendricks are in the conversation too. Um, I think Mason Foster, Whitehead, Vigil uh, are all just kind of like, they're just a product of their opportunity. If someone better came along, they'd fade into obscurity. Um, Oren Burks is yet to be seen what he is. I don't know that he's a great player. And I think that he was mostly hyped uh due to perceived opportunity with the Packers last year. And then he didn't really see much of it. Um, but I don't know, I guess I've been wrong about players before, so we'll see what happens with him. Uh, and then Raekwon McMillan and Rashawn Evans are kind of the guys. They're like the dark horses where I think they're both talented. They haven't shown it really quite yet, but I think that if they had the opportunity to show it, they'd be good. And they're kind of your wild cards in this group. Yeah, I, I really agree with what you've got to say there um, as far as who you picked. But uh, Raekwon McMillan, Rashawn Evans, um, Raekwon got that opportunity last year and took some time to kind of fill that role. Um, I'm hoping this year to see him kind of really take to that role. Whereas uh, Rashawn Evans, um, he's kind of been coming off the bench a little behind uh, like Wesley Woodyard and um, those guys there. And I'm hoping to see something this year out of him. Mm. Yeah, I ha I have him stashed uh, in two of my leagues, actually. And he goes super late. And for somebody that was picked that early in the NFL mm -hmm. draft that I actually really liked, like I feel pretty good about stashing him away because you don't generally waste draft capital like that. Yeah, definitely. So uh, I definitely want Demario Davis, right? Because, yep. I mean, this is the last year was the first year of his deal with the Saints. You're getting immediate production, good production, and it's locked in for the next few years. Telvin Smith, I agree completely, Sean. You sit on him for a year, you bite the bullet, because when you get him back, top five IDP linebacker. Uh, for me, the rest of this race is McKinney, Kendricks, Ogletree, right? All three of those guys are going to produce for you this year uh, at, at least a linebacker two type level. But health is the question with. Uh, two out of the three anyway with, with Kendricks and Ogletree. If you're worried about health, McKinney's your guy. If you're not, I'd go Ogletree or Kendricks. Probably Ogletree just because their offense is going to be 
light years worse uh, than the Vikings. So it'll be on the field a little bit more. Um, and yeah, the rest of these guys are kind of opportunity production by default or future, you know, production type guys. But if you need this year production, I'd go Davis and then, you know, McKinney, Kendricks, Ogletree, one of those guys, but definitely grab Telvin Smith. I mean, even if you got to sit on him for a year, it's, it's Telvin Smith. Like you want to. (laughs) Yeah. And you can look at Mason Foster and see that, um, kind of production by opportunity. Um, where he's been in the league for man, how many years, like five years. And then it was last year that he just shot up to like a top 15 linebacker. Yeah. Right. So, you know, he just, it was a good opportunity for that year and you never know, like he could just fade back out or he could have a couple good years. You know, it's a lot of, um, what ifs. Mm-hmm. All right, and today we are joined with Mr. Brandon Basilari. Did I screw it up again? No, you got you pronounced it right, but with the weird uh, annotations. <laughs> <laughs> also known as Doctor Super Bowl. Bowl is easier to say. That's it on Twitter at spot underscore bills. Doctor Super Bowl, how are you today, sir? Yeah, my. It's funny because I did a lot of research on my last name because I thought, well, that's a beautiful last name. I wonder what it means. <laughs> Turns out it means her mustache is thicker than yours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We, we had Dr. Super Bowl on right before the Super Bowl a few months back. And uh, it, man, he's a great interview. So we're really looking forward to this. Good. Glad you came back, man. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. So if, if there are any new listeners or just to refresh some of the listeners, let's, let's do a little of the, the background again. Uh, so you've been a lifelong NFL fan. That is correct? Yes. Oh, God. Football. And then, uh, you know, then family is in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but distant second. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Family's a distant second, yeah. Cool, man. And uh, I know you grew up a Bills fan and also, uh, you know, did know a good deal about just about everything else. Um, what's what's been uh, what's been new with you? We talked about the comedy thing. Uh, you did a comedy show recently, right? I do. I do. Uh, I do comedy maybe once a month. It's like uh, it's like my side thing, you know, like uh, football's like uh, like my my best friend, you know, like uh, how, you know, like how how, uh, uh, you know, the Browns organization treats Baker Mayfield. That's kind of how my combat, my uh, football is. Whereas, uh, how the Browns organization treat Hugh Jackson. That's, that's my comedy. (laughs) (laughs) So so your comedy is really bad is what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not not a very good comedian. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Jesus. But you still got a job. (laughs) What is speaking of comedy though? Isn't Hugh Jackson's overall coaching record the, one of the greatest things ever? Yeah, yeah, that might be the best joke in the last century. <laughs> it's amazing how he stayed on for that many games. I mean, I you look through the history of like head coaching records and worst ever. Like Hugh Jackson 
is so the worst. <laughs> I, I mean, he makes like uh, George Seifert's last year in Carolina look like George Seifert's 9449ers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we've got, this is obviously a huge year for the NFL, right? It's the hundred year anniversary. So, uh, tell us, tell us a little bit about, about that. Um, you know, you're, you're a huge, uh, history guy, obviously. So, so some things that, that you're thinking about this year going into the season with it being the hundred year anniversary. Yeah. Well, I think first of all, this, this choice to start the season with bears Packers is fantastic. Yeah. There's no better rivalry in the National Football League. I think um, there are times when Cowboys Redskins up there. There was a there was a space in time when Colts Patriots was up there, but you know when you're celebrating a hundred years of football and you know like there's Vince Lombardi and George Hallis, you know, and Mike Dicka and uh, Brett Favre and all these characters involved. That's where you got to start. That's where football. Uh, legend is made. So it was a great choice by the league to say, you know what? Uh, the Patriots will get their thing whenever they get it as always, but let's, let's think about in terms of NFL history and the, and there's no better history than the Bears Packers. Yeah. 100%. It's just such a good rivalry and just the fan bases just despise each other. And there's, there's nothing better than that. (laughs) It's fantastic. Hey, so I've got the super early line on this. I know you said you weren't much of a picker, even though you live in Vegas, uh, but Packers are getting three and a half at the Bears for the opening game. Uh, who are you taking? Uh, I love three and a halfs any, any day of the week. You know, if you can get three and a halfs in Vegas, fours especially, you got to play with it. And uh, three and a half plus their quarterback. Right. <laughs> I'll take the Packers. Um, do I think the Packers are going to have a better overall season than Chicago? I don't know. I think that right now, if you know, I take I look at the eight divisions. I think the the NFC North right now for me is the most difficult to predict. I don't know what the Packers are going to put out there. I don't know if the coaching staff is going to be a step up. I don't know if the Vikings are going to be like 2017 or 2018. Um, so, you know, and the Lions got, don't matter. <laughs> the Lions matter. I, I would I would that. <laughs> I do love Coach Patricia, though. I, I admit, I, lo- I love that guy. But I, I mean, in that division, they're not they're going to have a hard time competing. Yep. Yeah, it's a rough division, no doubt, man. Um, so, also looking back at, at some of the the NFL history stuff here. So, so in the news last couple of weeks here, uh, Pat Bowen and Bart Starr obviously passed away. And when we talked about it on the show, we we said, you know, when we have Doctor Super Bowl on, we should ask him about these guys. Because we didn't know too much about them. So what do you got on uh, the owner of the Broncos there, Pat Bolin, and Bart Starr, the famous quarterback? Yeah, I'll, I'll start with Bart Starr because, uh, you know, there's a lot of people like um, my age and younger who will debate over who was better between Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. And uh, I don't think that they've really analyzed the performance of Bart Starr and his career, he was so good. He was such a winner. He was so good at on third down conversions. A lot of people forget this. His um, his ability to adapt to um, Vince Lombardi, uh, understanding you know we're going to run a, a trap, we're going to run a sweep behind you know Greg and Kramer. 
but no, no, we're going to throw the ball now. You know, star is, is the greatest to me, the greatest Packers quarterback of all time and a top 10 player in NFL history. And, um, I hope we, you know, I hope that this hundred year anniversary reminds Packers fans and, and NFL fans of this and the, and his tremendous accomplishment in the sixties. Pat Bolin is such a beautiful guy, you know, uh, you know, the, the championship of the, of the Broncos, the first one they got with Elway, um, Super Bowl 32 played in San Diego when they beat the Packers 31, 24 is one of the most, you know, I'm, I'm not a Broncos fan. I think out of 32 teams, they'd be maybe 30 <laughs> of my favorite team, you know, but that's the, it was one of the great games in NFL history. It was a beautiful moment. Um, Bolin was not about himself. He said this one's for John. He understood the Broncos fan base and what was most important to them. He brought in guys like Terrell Davis and Neil Smith because he knew that Elway was no longer the man in Denver. He, he couldn't do it. He wasn't going to win a Super Bowl without that tremendous supporting cast. And he ended up winning two. And so uh, I'll credit to Boland for understanding his organization and being a great owner. That was one of the earlier Super Bowls I remember, too, just because I'm obviously not uh, I'm, a, I'm a little younger. So, yeah, that was that was one of the one of the yeah. earlier ones. And that was like stands out in my memory. Um, that all the way touchdown run was just yeah. great. Yeah. Um, you know, and Elway, if you look at his stats, uh, I'll give you a little refresher on this. He was 12 of 22 for 122 yards. So <laughs> he didn't do a lot. Now the next year against the Falcons, he had an excellent game was named MVP, but right. this particular school against green Bay, um, this was all Terrell Davis and that offensive line. Can you name the five guys? that played offensive line for the 97 Packers. <laughs> nope. But, but I bet you can. <laughs> I, I, yeah. Cause it was one of the greatest in history. You got Zimmerman in his last season. He wasn't on the Super Bowl 33 team. Uh, he played most of his career with the Vikings. Uh, you had Schlereth. who was oh. a multiple champion. Yep. Yep. Um, oh, now he, <laughs> now he has to work with Dick Stockton. <laughs> and, Fox, you know, you never watch Dick Stockton announce a game, man. He misses a good one. And then uh, <laughs> they had a center called Nalen who played an excellent game. He's just a small guy, and he was lined up against Gilbert Brown, known as the Grave Digger, for the Packers. Great big, huge nose tackle, and Nalen just dominated him. And then on the other side, they had a guy named Habib, and then Tony Jones was the right tackle. So this. This offensive line for Denver was was the difference. They controlled the game. Of course, Davis gets all the accolades, and Davis was tough. The first guy didn't tackle him very often, especially that night. But it was that offensive line that won the Super Bowl for Denver that day. Nice. I nice. feel like that's kind of the story of Terrell Davis's career. He was uh, – I'm not a big Terrell Davis fan. Uh, maybe you'll disagree with me on this, but I think the offensive line did most of the work over there in Denver uh, for – most of his career, because then after yeah. him, after him, you had Mike Davis, you had Ruben Drones, who, by the way, was a backup fullback for the Lions before moving over to Denver. Um, you had a couple other ones because uh, Clinton Portis was in there. Mm-hmm. Um, there were, it was a stretch of like eight or nine like different running backs that just went out there and crushed it in Denver. That was uh, that was Mike Shanahan era. Yeah. Yeah, you're thinking of Mike Anderson. 
he Mike came. Anderson. Yeah, yeah, not Mike Davis. Mike Anderson. Out. Yeah, this was um, this was the year after they had won um, the back-to-back Super Bowls, and Elway retires, and Brian Greasy's quarterback, and Terrell Davis. I think they went zero and three, and then Terrell Davis tore his ACL. Uh, the Jets uh, re- was returning an interception, and uh, Terrell Davis m- tried to make the tackle, tore his ACL. So Mike Anderson comes in, there's nobody, and he rushed for a thousand. So I-, I understand your point. I think um, I think we I do I do think he deserves a little more credit than than just being a you know one of the running backs. You know he came out of Georgia and he was he was very good in college, and he was uh, his very first game. This is a fact about Terrell Davis was a Sunday night game in 1995. And I remember it vividly because it was the Bills and we were always amped up for the Bills in the 90s. You know, <clears throat> we'd, we'd have parties and chicken wings and stuff. And uh, and Denver beat up Buffalo with this brand new, like I think it was fifth or sixth round pick Davis was. And he and he uh, torched us. And so uh, I have a little more respect for Terrell Davis than maybe <laughs> other <laughs> And don't get me wrong. I think he was a good running back. I I just think if he went, if he was on a different team, we wouldn't be talking Hall of Fame. Yeah, well, it's true. And if and if I was Polish, I wouldn't be Italian. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it, man. So hey, there. so so a, a couple months back, um, you and me were talking when uh, I did that ten greatest NFL moments article, and I wanted to yeah. ask you about a couple things on there. The guarantee. Sure. What do you remember about the guarantee with Namath? <laughs> well, I wasn't born yet, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I know you know something. <laughs> yeah, sure. Historically, yeah. Well, this is kind of cool because um, I don't know how into like I don't know if you ever read Sports Illustrated, The Vault. Um, if you ever go to Sports Illustrated and look up their vault, you can read the articles from the actual week of the game. So that's what I like to kind of kind of position myself in the moment so that, you know, I could kind of have more of a, of, you know, a better perspective of the event. And um, context. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because uh, we you and me, we don't we can't really comprehend how great of a favorite the Colts were going into the game. Uh, you know, right now we can't figure that out, but we can see, you know, Vegas had the Colts at 18 point favorite. They absolutely destroyed the Browns in the championship game. They had Earl Morrill coming off at MVP season. But there's there's a photo of um, Joe Namath sitting around a pool talking to very youthful Brent Musburger and saying, you know, I guarantee we're going to win this game, you know. And and that was so bold. It's not like today when everybody says, you know, oh, yeah, we're going to win. You know, I think we're going to win. You know, back then it was different. And also because the NFL just had such a – a view of the AFL, like they're, they're a substandard league, you know, this is the triple a and, and, uh, so he was, he was great to say that great to do it. Um, statistically he didn't have a strong game either. You know, it was kind of like that Elway game I was talking about statistically name wasn't great, but he, he, um, he made the big passes to George Sauer on the day and he called runs to Snell and Boozer. So they moved the ball methodically and, and, uh, the Jets won this game because the Colts red zone offense was terrible. I don't know how much you studied this game, but um, I think they committed three or four red zone turnovers or they could have really piled on a huge first half lead and they ended up with zero points until there were three minutes left. Yeah, right, right. That that was definitely wild. And you're doing something similar or 
slash have been the last couple of weeks here with your uh, greatest playoff game series. How's that going? And what are some of your favorites you've been talking about? Oh my God, this is so much fun. <laughs> um, it's so much fun to look back because um, I'm doing like the 54 greatest playoff games in NFL history of the Super Bowl era, according to Dr. Super Bowl. Um, so like, in other words, this, this isn't like uh, the official list. This is my list. <laughs> so, like, I want to put that up. official as we get. <laughs> we try. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so uh, yeah. So uh, like the night before, like I made the list, the list was, was done weeks in advance. So the night before, you know, I'll, I don't even look ahead. Like I'll look at, okay, so tomorrow I'm recording you know, number 30, Super Bowl 10. So I'll watch Super Bowl 10 the night before and just kind of, and then I'll study it and read about it. And then, so by the next day, I'm ready to cut a two minute and 20 second Twitter video, <laughs> selfie video. But then I realized as, I, as I've gotten down to the top 12 that I need more than two minutes and 20 seconds <laughs> to really encapsulate all the knowledge I have about these particular games. So, um, so there's going to be, when I get to the top 12, there's going to be the Twitter version. And then there's going to be my Facebook version. Um, it's public Brandon Fazilari. Um, so you can, you can watch in there. If you want to be my friend, that's fine. I don't care. Um, <laughs> you'll also have to see my cat photos, <clears throat> but, uh, but um, yeah, so it's been a really, and there's some things that you, that I'm pulling out of these games, the greatest games in NFL history that like, like not reviewing it, I would have never, you know, remembered. There's this, um, you, you know, on um, the 1981 NFC Championship game, for example, between the 49ers and Cowboys, the, the uh, 49ers leading rusher in 1981 was a guy called Ricky Patton. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Um, he, uh, you know, he wasn't a great running back. They didn't, they didn't have a great running game. Actually, the 49ers of 81 were all about their defense with, Ronnie Lott and Eric Wright and Fred Dean and Hacksaw Reynolds that this Montana was good. He wasn't great yet. Dwight Clark was, was a very good receiver, but, but anyway, the running game was almost non-existent. So for this, this championship game, uh, uh, Patton did not play. He got injured in the giants game, the divisional round. So they, they had a guy called Lenville Elliott, Lenville Elliott. Have you ever heard of this guy? No, no. Yeah, no. I, I, I didn't think you would. So anyway, he was a 1973 draft pick of the Bengals, who whose offensive coordinator was Bill Walsh, right? Okay. And uh, so at 79, Bill Walsh takes over the 49ers, and he hires Sam Weish as quarterback coach. And then he got Lenville Elliott to play like special teams and backup running back. Okay. So by 81, <laughs> Lenville Elliott, over the season, 16 game season, had a total of 14 touches on the season, seven rushes, seven receptions. Okay. So now he's the starting halfback in the um, NFC championship game because Patton's not playing. He got 11 touches in this ball game and three touches on the game winning drive, the one where uh, Montana hits Clark for the catch. And I just, you know, just I wouldn't have remembered that. I wouldn't have known that. But studying up on this game recently is like, you know, what an interesting kind of twist of um, of one player's career that like played nine seasons in the NFL. We never heard of him, and he's making like key plays in like one of, to me, the seventh greatest playoff game in NFL history. 
Did he have a career after that or not? Like, obviously he played after that, but that did he really it. play? That was it. The one game. That was it. In the Super Bowl, he wasn't even active. <laughs> you know, Patton was back in the lineup. And so he was on the bench with, you know, his, his 49ers gold jacket. And then he retired after that game. Wow. That's wild. So his last, his last play of his career was, was a seven-yard carry to set up the third and three from the six where Montana hit Clark for the touch. Wow, that's crazy. Isn't that amazing? That's- I, I also I was I was um, studying Super Bowl twenty five between the Bills and the Giants, and um, the Bills touchdown was their first touchdown. The second touchdown was scored by Thurman Thomas, but their first touchdown uh, was scored by a guy called Don Smith, and he had four career regular season touchdowns, and then one career postseason carry, and it was a Super Bowl <laughs> touchdown run. That's wild, man. Yeah, they're they're just saving that. They're like, we know this kid can do it. We just don't want anyone else to know. We'll give him no touches for his entire career <laughs> in the Super Bowl. <laughs> it was all part of the plan, I promise. During the regular <laughs> season, he was like a third down back because the Bills in the late '80s had a guy called Rob Riddick, and um, and he he had real bad knee problems by the end of his of, of his career. So Marv Levy uh, loved to have a third down back and. And in 89, it was Ronnie Harmon. Before that, it was Rob Riddick. So by 1990, he got this guy from Tampa called Don Smith. And he might have had three or four, like, like, like um, third and one carries. <laughs> but, but to get a touchdown in the Super Bowl, you know, I just, I love, those are the kind of the caveats I look for when I'm studying some of the NFL's greatest games. That's awesome. Yeah, just find, finding smaller players that really didn't do much in their career that just made a huge impact on these like NFL changing plays. Yes. Yes. And, and it doesn't, you don't have to go like 30 and 40 years ago to find these people, you know, the Patriots over the last couple of seasons have had guys like that, <laughs> that have come out of nowhere, made a great play or a big play. And then, and then their Belichick will get rid of them, find a bus for them after the game. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, like how the entire Patriots team is built. They're like, we're just going to find a bunch of guys that nobody's heard of, and that way there's no film on them. That's the game plan. <laughs> it's, it, I was I was thinking about this, too. Um, like, if you look at, like, the best players on defense for the Cowboys, say, from 1975, when they played in the Super Bowl X, or, like, um, this, this championship game against San Francisco in 81, like, most of the key guys are – are still there like six, seven seasons later, like Ed Tutal Jones and Randy White and Harvey Martin, D.D. Lewis, Charlie Waters. They're all still there. But you look at the Patriots of 2016 versus 2018, half the roster is different. Yeah. And most yeah. of the start, you know, I mean, you have your few stables, you know, like uh, McCordy and Slater right. and Edelman. Most of them are like interchangeable. Yeah. And even, even uh, like Amendola was huge there for a while, yeah. and they just kicked him to the curb. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he was tremendous in the Super Bowl. They lost to Philadelphia. They wouldn't have. Amendola was awesome in that game. You know, yeah, he was he was great on the Patriots in general. They just knew that they yeah. could find someone else to do it. <laughs> yeah, but, well, we'll see. We'll see what they have this year. I mean, that that third that third receiver spot for New England is always fascinating to me yeah <laughs> yeah they got enough guys to uh try out that's for sure <laughs> so uh, 
So speaking of yeah. this season, no. wait, what were you saying? Sorry, Demarius Thomas is not. Oh, he's not the answer. He's not. <laughs> Man, I got really killed on Twitter once for calling him soft. Jesus. So speaking of Patriots, speaking of this season, what's what's your outlook for this season? If you had to do a like stupidly early Super Super Bowl prediction, you know, what do you how do you think it's going to go? How do you think the year is going to go? Yeah, it's tough. You know, I hate doing these because every year I pick somebody in the AFC (laughs) other than New England. (laughs) (laughs) I, I I mean, obviously the Patriots should be involved. I mean, they're they have a good quarterback. Yeah, but um, He's I okay. like I like the Colts. You know, I like what they're building there. I love Leonard. I think he's an excellent linebacker. Kind of even last year he had a great season, and kind of we just kind of like uh, we were all thinking. I think more people were thinking maybe about Chubb from Denver. Uh, you know, some of these. Uh, you know, some, some of the good ta- young talent on the Cowboys, but we Leonard is the real deal. He's going to be a superstar. I think, I think he's a, a potential hall of famer. If he stays healthy, uh, I love the Colts. I love Frank Reich. You know uh, the way he called the Super Bowl for the Eagles was great. The way he turned the Colts around. Remember they had an opportunity to tie Houston last year and uh, he went for it like on the 50 on a fourth and five it and then Houston won the game so he cost his team you know uh, an opportunity for a tie um, and it really it actually cost them a home field playoff game it didn't matter they went into Houston and beat him anyway but what it did for him was the his players respected him more and said this is a coach that wants to go for a win and you know luck is good I think luck is going to be great this year I think he's a potential MVP candidate I think the second year coming back from injury players like Brady in 2010, just, they just excel. They, they erupt. And I love luck. I like the Colts uh, in the AFC. I like the Rams in the NFC. You know, I think, um, I think Aaron Donald is the, is the number one best player in the whole league right now, uh, offense or defense. Um, I think Gurley's going to come back with a vengeance. I don't, I don't like the way people doubt, doubt him right now. I like the way Coach McVay has to had to deal with a little failure. I I could see a big bounce back from that. I love um I love the receiving core with uh, Cup coming back, you know. So so I like the Rams and the NFC. I think they're going to be maybe 13, 14 win team to be honest. Nice. Yeah, I don't disagree with any of that. Uh, I still have the Patriots winning. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Until they don't, you get you gotta yeah. yeah. How about you? I mean, the thing is, is like, you gotta, like, there's so many teams in the NFL that could make it, but you, like you said, like, you know, the Patriots will be involved somehow. Like, they're gonna be, they're gonna be up there. They may not win the Super Bowl. They may not even be in the Super Bowl, but they will be in the conversation the entire year. I found the secret to, to be, to Bill's Twitter, though, is all I have to say is like, Tom Brady is overrated. <laughs> or like the Bills are gonna the Bills are gonna sweep the Colts. Or I'm sorry, the Bills are gonna sweep the Patriots this year. And like my followers go way up. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that was one of these when I started this show with these two guys. That was, that was one of their staples. Was just calling Tom Brady a system quarterback. That was just one of their deals. That's how we established the brand. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. he, he learned a secret. Yeah. yeah. You, 
I, I, well, here's something I think you'll find interesting because I've been doing um, the top 50 players of all time at each position over the last month, you know, and um, so my my uh, running backs got like mad, um, you know, retweets and likes and comments, you know, my quarterback list <laughs> with Tom Brady at number one, like nothing. <laughs> <laughs> OK, who did you have? I'm going to fight you on this. Who did okay. you have at number one for running back? Oh, no, you're not going to fight me. <laughs> I, I'm I'm going to find you, and I'm going to fight you over this. This is the I'm one not, thing that I will I'm fight over. <laughs> <laughs> who'd, you, who'd you have at one, though? Jim Brown. Okay. Ah, I'm all right with that. No. I'm all right with that. It's Barry Sanders. I have Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders or bust. I don't care. You're... The only person who's allowed to say Jim Brown is Barry Sanders' dad. That's, uh, that's still one of the funniest <laughs> things to me is that Barry Sanders' dad tells him that Jim Brown was a better running back. It's yeah, like yeah. there was there was no pleasing that man. You know who who the who the people uh, the people don't like when you put Barry Sanders in front of Walter Payton. I've noticed. Oh yeah, yeah, because uh, he died. I think it helped. Yeah. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> And right. that's horrible, but that's how it works, People too. I always get a better legacy, you know? <laughs> Where, um, where'd you put uh, Emmett? Did you have a lot of Cowboys fans in your mentions? I had Emmett at seven. Yeah. Um, but Emmett did make my number one on one list for toughest performance, most courageous performance. Oh, with the, the separated shoulder game? Yeah. yeah. Yep. Oh, God. Yeah. I remember the game live. Oh, my God. He was so Excellent. That Excellent. was yeah. That was something else. I, I I remember that game like it was yesterday. It was incredible. So if you have Emmett at seven, I'm kind of curious. Uh, up the top of your head, do you have your one through six? Oh yeah, I yeah, have my I, top. I figured. Is <laughs> is ingrained to me, but my yeah, my one through six is uh, it's uh, Jim Brown, Barry Sanders, Walter Payton, Marshall Falk, O.J. Simpson, Thurman Thomas. My top. Marshall three. Falk. Ooh, uh, I like I like that. It's surprising. Yeah. Uh, well, Marshall Falk, uh, you know, he he took the um, dual back role and like exploded it, you know, right. kind of like how well did the slot receiver, you know? Yeah, and, he, uh, he made the modern NFL running back. Oh. It was him and uh, Edgerrin James, although Edgerrin James obviously was not quite as good or and didn't have the same longevity. But those two really took it by storm. Oh, my God. Marshall was so great. I'm not not as good with the interns, but he's very good on the football. <laughs> who who rounds out the top ten? Uh, eight, nine, ten there for you. Uh, Adrian Peterson, Curtis Martin, and Eric Dickerson. Oh, okay. where'd you have? Uh, where'd you have Ladanian Tomlinson? Eleven. Okay. okay, I was. It's funny how he brought that up. Yeah, I think I'd put Ladanian Tomlinson above Curtis Martin. I think I would. Okay. But that's just. Part of that might be that Ladanian Tomlinson was like he was like in in my like best time of watching football. Ladanian Tomlinson was the guy, you know. Right. Where like you're when you're young and you're watching stuff like it's formative experiences for football. But then there's the point where like you're very fully aware of what you're watching and you can truly appreciate the players that you're watching. And yeah. I think that the Marshall Falk was kind of the beginning of that. And then it was Ladanian Tomlinson was really the prime. Yeah. In their, in their, if they, let's put it this way, if they both retired at 29, I would yep. agree with you. 
I yeah. love Martin's second half of his career. I love his resurrection with the Jets. Uh, he was brilliant. He was just brilliant, and he was so tough. And and plus, he's a great guy. I don't know if you've ever met him, but he's just such a nice person, just a just just an easy going dude, you know. Um, so maybe that helps, you know. Tomlinson's a little self righteous for me, but he's <laughs> he's a, he was a great back. In fact, I think he scored his thirtieth touchdown of the season in Buffalo in 06, if wow. I remember right. I think we we're, talked about this a couple of shows ago, we're, but we were I, way drunk. <laughs> <laughs> one of my uh, one of my least favorite football memories, I think, of all time was Ladanian Tomlinson showing up in Detroit, dedicating his performance to Barry Sanders, and then just destroying the Lions. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I will never forget just the anguish of that, especially as like one of my all time favorite backs, just watching him come in and just disrespect my team and my favorite players of all time's name. Oh, is like, oh this is traumatizing. <laughs> oh, God. So, we, I, I, if I remember right, just from like uh, maybe the last 20 years of watching games, uh, uh, with Detroit at Thanksgiving, like people would go in there like Manning and even Mike Vick and Brady, and they'd go in on Thanksgiving and disrespect Detroit. Yeah, <laughs> everybody disrespected Detroit for a long time there. They but, still do. Uh, final question about running backs. Yeah. Eddie George, where's he on your list? Mm, okay. Oh, um, he's in the 20s. Oh, man, I, I am so anti Eddie George. Oh, <laughs> I, Man, I don't think he ever averaged more than like 4.2 yards per carry. We looked this up like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, Sean, I, Sean's uh, one of these millennial yards per carry people. <laughs> man, uh, yeah, one of those people that appreciates, you know, being yeah. able to get yards when you get the football. Yeah, one of those guys. Yeah, you know the, what I will say, though, that <laughs> you're going to probably laugh at this. That's That was a real, a real legitimate design of the Jeff Fisher offense. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You get too many yards, there's gonna be problems. You know the thing about Eddie George that I adore was his Super Bowl performance though. Yeah against the yeah. Rams. Yeah. He was so good in that game. And McNair, oh god, my heart watching re-watching Super Bowl 34. Uh, I did a few weeks ago because it's in my top 54 games. And oh the 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 heart in that game from both teams, yeah. both coach, both benches. I mean, that was really a great, great football game. Yeah. Really great. Kind of a game we forget about sometimes, but uh, which game? The, the one yard game. short Super Bowl. Oh man, that is that is my favorite game of all time, I think. Yeah. Really? Yeah, that might be my favorite game of all time. And oh, part of it was just like my favorite piece. Yeah, it it was like part of it was just the memory of it because like I wasn't young, but I was a little younger and the game was going really late and my brothers were pretty young at the time. And I remember like they had to go to bed and (laughs) I remember my brother just like little, little Lanigan sitting there in his boxers, like peeking around the corner and I see him and I'm just like, I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not telling on you just go ahead and watch this game. Yeah. it was, a, it was a hell of a game. What was that? This is history. You've got to let that child stay up. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You can't miss this. Right. <laughs> Where is that in your all-time Super Bowl list? Is That's got to be up there, right? 
Yeah, I think I, I'm sure it's way up there. Let me grab my paperwork. Oh my god, <laughs> we've, done, we've done this whole we've done this whole interview, and I don't think you've looked at your notes once, and we got you at this one finally. <laughs> yeah, well, it's hard. I know I have 14 Super Bowls in my top 54 playoff games of all time. So I have 49 with the Seahawks Patriots. I have 42 with the Giants Patriots. Uh, looks like I have without Eli. <laughs> Uh, 43 with Cardinals Steelers. Oh, that was a good one too. The toe tap. 51 Falcons Patriots. Mm, I'd rather forget that one. <laughs> 32 with the the, the uh, Broncos and Packers. Mm. Yeah, and then my six best Super Bowls: Tennessee and the Rams. Nice. Okay, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, it's between the. Uh, Tennessee Rams and Denver Green Bay for fifth, but I picked Denver Green Bay like I told you before because uh, getting that one for L.A. and yeah. and the fact that the the fact that the AFC hadn't won in thirteen years. Yeah, right. Really, that that's right. Really big yep, because because it was Cowboys, 49ers, Packers before them, Giants, Redskins. Like the NFC owned that period of time for so long, it was incredible. It's thirteen games. Uh, I think 11 of them were absolute blowouts. Right, right. Yeah, unreal. So we'll get you out of here with a couple more. Uh, Bills, this season, give us give us your predictions. How's the season going to look? The Lions, uh, the AFC. <laughs> maybe 8-8. Eight, eight. Eh, that's, that's not terrible. I like, I like our quarterback. I think he's going to be good. Um, I love our defense. Yeah. Um, we got to get better on uh, run defense. I think it'll help that Kyle retired. He was Kyle Williams retired. He was great, but by the end of his career, he wasn't a very um, great run stopper. He was a good run stopper still, but um, getting big Ed Oliver, I think that's yeah. huge in the draft. Uh, big fans. Tremaine, Tremaine Edmonds is going to be real good. He's got a lot of lateral quickness. Uh, he reminds me a little Jason Taylor, uh, former Dolphin player. Uh, he doesn't play the edge too often, but I think you're going to see it, uh, them, them use his speed and his athletic ability. I love Hyde and Hyde on the back end is really a great player. I don't know how much you really watch him and kind of analyze his play, but he's, he's a solid safety. In fact, their pass defense was really good last year. They, they were hardly beaten, um, in the passing game. Their, their worst game as a defense was against the Colts, but the, the Colts gashed them with running. Um, uh, the, I think the big question mark, I think a lot of Bills fans would have this question mark is who, who, who is Josh going to throw to? Is Cole Beasley the answer? Is John Brown the answer? I don't know. You know, I still uh, like would, Zay Jones. Zay Jones. Yeah. Like is McCoy going to be good? I like Zay. I mean, uh, we'll see. I, I, I think there's too many question marks for me to say the Bills are going to be 10 and six or 11 and five. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I don't know. I, I think there's enough positives on this team to say they could do it. It's not ready to say they're going to do it. Yeah. Okay. I got gotcha. you. And, uh, all right. You, you guys got anything else? I was going to ask for impressions on the way out. You guys had anything? Go for it. I want to hear it. All right. Dr. Super Bowl, hit us with some of those world famous impressions. If you will, please. <laughs> not world. Uh, okay. Uh, let's see. What one would we, should we do? We did oh, the sprinkler last time, but that, I ever- did I ever do um, uh, You Somebody by Kings of Leon as if sung by a cat? <laughs> <laughs> How do you call-
come up with this shit? <laughs> like, well, that's the, that's why I do this because I yes. try to find. I actually, I'm happy you asked that question because I actually try to find things where somebody will say, "Where did you come up with that one?" Yeah. <laughs> well, mission accomplished. Yeah, no, that sounds great. I will tell you this. That I get more laughs introduced introducing my impressions than the actual impression. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it hit us. Okay. That sounds great. Yeah. It goes like this. It goes like this. <laughs> meow, 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 meow. <laughs> meow, 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 meow. <laughs> That's the whole thing. <laughs> oh my god. Thank you for that. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> I, I said I close it. I close with that now because by the time I get to that, people are so dumbfounded by the whole routine. I say, well, we might as well, we'll just might as well hit him with the sun. You know, I've I've had to sit here and stare at Nate's face for the last two hours, and that made it all worth it. (laughs) Now I got that song stuck in my head. (laughs) Nate's face is very underrated, though. (laughs) (laughs) That's how Coach Patricia was. That's that's (laughs) underrated because it's so lowly rated that this is just this is where we are now. Oh wow! 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 So sorry, Nate. So, so, so Dr. Superbolt, uh, on the way out here, what else, what do you got coming down the pike? What do you got coming down the line for future video series, stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. So follow me at spot underscore bills. If you're really interested in the top 54 playoff games of all time, even if you don't like agree with the positioning, you're going to agree that these games are great to, to relive, to recapture. And in that two minutes and 20 seconds, of selfie video, you're going to learn things that I learned rewatching the game. And I think that's one of the more fascinating aspects of reliving these games is finding those interesting tidbits. And then the top 12, like I said, um, we're going to do much more extensive coverage of these games. Like for example, Super Bowl 51, the Patriots ran 93 offensive plays to the Falcons, 46. Um, I mean, isn't that an incredible statistic? That's <laughs> so, brutal. That's Christ. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk. I, I have a, a, the Patriots Chiefs championship game. Um, there's there's really interesting stat that the Patriots had 542 total yards to the Chiefs 290. So, you know, there's just some things that you find in these great games that that are really interesting. So the longer version, if you come to the Facebook that lets me post longer videos than 220, um, I think that you'd really enjoy that. Awesome. Well, dude, always a pleasure. Uh, that's Dr. Super Bowl. He's a great guest. He, he's one of our favorites, and we'll definitely have you back sometime soon, preferably before the season again. But uh, appreciate it, man, as always. I'm always time to talk football. <laughs> All right, so now we're going to take a look at uh, our ADP. We take a look at some of the um, players that uh, we're seeing as, you know, um, either good buys or interesting, you know, people you want to avoid. Uh, These are coming from the data that we are pulling from our website, uh, the idpguys.org. 
uh, where you can go and become a subscriber for a dollar a month or uh, $12 a year. Uh, we run mocks throughout the month and pull that data together um, so that we can have this ADP. Um, so, Sean, you want to take us through some of the guys you're seeing? Yeah, so let's start with the guys that I think are too low. Uh, so we got Avery Williamson sitting at linebacker 32 and Matt Milano sitting at linebacker 48. I think that is far too low for both of them. Um, they're both guys that are in good situations. They're going to get tackles. They've proven production. Obviously, Williamson is adding CJ Mosley to the mix, which isn't great, but, uh, not a whole lot's changed for Matt Milano and, uh, Williamson, I mean, pull him up here, see where he ended at last year, but he definitely was no, has not been a bad player for like a good amount of time here. And yeah, yeah. He ended at like somewhere in the top 24 linebackers. Um, so yeah, I don't know if you're getting a top 24 linebacker, uh, at linebacker 32, I'm feeling pretty good about that. Um, so those are definitely guys that I would want to be targeting. John, you have any thoughts on either of them? No, absolutely. Williamson's a, a, a steal and Milano, a lot of people forget, um, you know, kind of where he was trending cause he got hurt towards the end of the year last year. He was on pace for, I don't know, about a hundred combined tackles and that's solid for that price. Yeah. His tackle production was really good last year. It was a little, it was a little inconsistent. He had a couple of like he had a game with three tackles, two tackles, three tackles. But outside of that, it was all pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he adds in some counting stats too. He had three picks, three forced fumbles, a sack. It's so like, I don't know. I If you can get solid tackle production and then just add in those counting stats, you feel pretty good about that. Um, two guys that I am, think are too high that I'm a little lower on. Uh, Jared Davis, I don't think he's a great player. I don't know how they plan on using him in the defense this year. I know they want him to rush the passer more, which will probably cut into his tackle numbers. Um, and I don't know that he's good enough at rushing the passer to really make up for the loss of tackles. Uh, and they just drafted Jelani Tavai, who is a player I'm not a huge fan of either, but also like, I don't know, they're obviously adding pieces to their defense and it doesn't seem like they have a ton of confidence in them either. So um, I think that at linebacker 20, you're probably not happy with that. Um, he may end the season around there, but this ADP is for dynasty. So I don't think he's long for the lions, like tackle producing position. Um, and then the other one is miles Jack at linebacker 16. Um, he was obviously like a really talented prospect coming out. He's never really put it all together. Um, we were hoping to see it last year and he played 100% of the defensive snaps and just really didn't do what you would hope uh, with those snaps. You know, like you, you would hope that you get a top five, top 10 linebacker with miles Jack, if he's playing 100% of the snaps, especially in that defense. And he just didn't. So um, next to Talvin Smith, Obviously, didn't help last year. He's going to have a lot more opportunities this year. But I still think if you're drafting him at linebacker 16, which is where his ADP is, you're probably hoping for more than what you got out of him last year. And he's probably not going to play 100% of the snaps this year. Yeah, he had consistency issues. Uh, That was his thing, definitely. Um, Especially for someone in such a good spot in such a deep, you know, a shitty offensive team that's 
on defense all the time. It just wasn't great. Uh, and Davis, I hear you, man. Um, what did he have? Ninety nine combined tackles last year, or something like that. Um, yeah, and that was the worst the Lions' offense has ever been. Right. Also, right. And, not ever. And it, not ever. But recent memory, yeah. And and he had a bunch of sacks too, right? So like, if you take out those sacks, he's not way up in these linebacker numbers and stuff that you know everyone's looking at from last year. Uh, and you can't rely on that stuff. You know what I mean? Like, if he's yeah, if he's unless, not gonna have those sacks. Yeah, unless you're in a sack premium league, like you you don't want to be banking on sacks for linebackers. You right. want to have that tackle floor. Um, and I just don't like in a sack premium league, I just feel like there's other linebackers that you'd be targeting. So I don't mm-hmm. know. Like we'll see how his role changes this year. Patricia defenses are kind of tough to predict, but mm-hmm. um, I don't have a lot of faith in him long term. And I just don't think that the Lions do either, really. Johnny the Greek. Alrighty. So, uh, we made some hot dog bets last week. <laughs> and, uh, alright, so the first one we did was Joey Chestnut versus Carmen, Carmen Kincati for overall winner of the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest. And Kincati did not play, did not participate. So that's, that's a wash. Got your money back on that. The other bet we talked about was over or under 45 and a half hot dogs at the halfway point. And he was at exactly 45 hot dogs at the halfway mm. point. It was unbelievable. So I lost that bet by half a hot dog. <laughs> Unreal. Womp womp. Womp womp womp. But uh, if you did follow my advice and take the Women's World Cup bet, you're sitting pretty today. And what I looked at going forward here was just some more NFL stuff. And this caught my eye, right? So AFC North, odds to win. Who do you guys think is the odds-on favorite to win the AFC North next year? Uh, Cleveland. You are correct. Wow. And do we really think that that's happening? I do, yes. I don't. You know me. I'm a Baker Mayfield truther. Been that way. I'm never going to bet against him. Okay, well, I'm taking the Steelers at the second most likely to win the AFC North at plus 195, which is basically two to one. You know, so $10 gets you 20, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think I hope, they've got a ton I hope of talent. Baker find, what? I hope Baker finds you on Twitter. I'm, I'm sure he won't. <laughs> I'm, I'm not Colin Coward. He doesn't care. <laughs> uh, I just think, you know, they've hey, they've got a lot of talent and they've got a lot of potential. But he's a second-year quarterback. I'm just not seeing it yet. Um, and I will take the Steelers minus the two locker room cancers playing as a team this year to just win that division like they normally do. So that's where I'm going. Nice. I like it. All right. Well, with that, make sure you're following us on Twitter at IDP guys. Individually, I'm at Nate Cheat. John is at OrangeMan3142. And Sean is at Lanny1925. Uh, subscribe to the show. Go to idpguys.org. Uh, on the sidebar, there is uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play links, as well as an RSS feed for the podcatcher of your choice. Uh, we have subscription uh, to both of our websites, idpguys.org and dynastyfootballdigest.com. Uh, please consider joining. It's a dollar a month, uh, $12 a year. You get a lot of uh, premium content, access to data, rankings. 
Um, we've got tools in development still. A lot of great stuff that'll help with your draft and through the year. Um, also, it, they both get you into our Slack subscriber Slack chat. Uh, it's a chat room where our writers and uh, John, myself, and Sean are in. Um, we've got a bunch of great subscribers as well. And just talk about you know our leagues, our teams, the drafts, uh, or anything. Um, stuff comes up. It's a great time. Uh, so, you know, go to idpguys.org, dynastyfootballdigest.com, dollar a month. Um, also, we are uh, current, still pressing forward to get to a thousand subscribers on YouTube. Uh, search for IDP Guys. Uh, we're going to be rolling out some uh, uh, video content uh, soon. Uh, it, we've got a lot of things going on, so it's kind of just been um, picking at it when I can. Uh, we have our, um, what was that, uh, segment on oh, cookout man, foods? Oh, was rooting for you. You almost stuck the landing. <laughs> almost, <laughs> almost. This might have, this was your best run ever, I think. You know, after three years, it gets easier, but I still can't get all the way through it all. <laughs> I keep adding stuff, so that doesn't help. Uh, but we've got the cookout that we've chunked up into videos, uh, each food group and the players that, uh, go with it uh so check that out and finally uh fantasy football leagues we have our all idp leagues uh 30 buy-in there's cash prizes uh you get a free subscription with it um you get to play with uh, listeners and 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 with us and it's you know something that you don't see anywhere else with just no offense uh it's something we started last year everyone loved it bringing it back with a little money on the table for you. So with that, uh, it's been a great episode. Thanks guys for coming on and I, doing this. I have a question. Go can, for I, it. can I ask a question? All right. So if it's a dollar a month and it's $12 a year, how much is it for two years? 24. Okay. Just checking. <laughs>